Hello, and welcome to That Missionary Life. For those of us who are back in this American life, but still want to talk about that missionary life. These are stories and hindsight. I got a random WhatsApp message from a friend in Brazil asking me if I could send a short video because they are celebrating three years of the Casa dos Sonhos um, at the Trash Dump community. And I was so excited, so, so excited to get this message because I remember so much. It just brought back a flood of memories. And uh, working at the trash dump was so hard. It was a really, really difficult time. Mostly, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't physically difficult. It was emotionally difficult to see and work with so many needs that I knew I could only do so much with. Um, I think the larger gap um, in wealth, the the larger distance into poverty, um, the more emotional toll it takes. And that is a deep cost. That is true. But you feel so guilty about it because... It's not about you. It's not about you. You are trying to help these other people, and yet it is so hard not to make it about you. And I failed miserably, and it's so easy to fall into white saviorism, um, not even white saviorism, just saviorism in general, um, but it's just so easy to make the story about yourself and about what you can do and what you can't do and fall into depression <laughs> Or all kinds of things when it's really about relationships and being with someone, seeing something, being a witness to them and loving them. Like I tell my girls all the time, we have one stinking rule, love God and love others. (laughs) And I know it's really hard, but we're still working for that one stinking rule to love God and love others. Um, So anyways, that's that's a rabbit trail. The focus of this is the joys of looking back, the the joys of looking back and just rejoicing and sending them a video. So of course, I can't just send her a video of congratulations. It's been three years. That's really amazing. That's awesome. They're going in there uh, daily and offering literacy classes for the adults, uh, offering tutoring classes for the kids, as well as literacy classes for those who don't have it. Um, They're just doing all kinds of things. They're just living life with the people there. And it's so beautiful. And it's so amazing. And so of course, it made me go down a trip down memory lane. And I got out all my old pictures that I sent her so many old pictures from 2012 when we first started working at the trash dump with uh, Sibby's church, uh, which was with Washington and his family. And that was such a really great time. Uh, We had, uh, that sort of culminated for me in having a bus go down to the trash dump on the day of my wedding and bring all all of that community that wanted to come to our wedding. And it was amazing and incredible. And, uh, Actually, (laughs) during that time, uh, Washington's car got stolen, like as he was getting ready to help everyone get on the bus and get to my wedding. And oh, that was a, it was a, it was a deal. It was a thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a story that will go down in history. Um, but after that, uh, Washington and his family ended up moving, and then a group called Masahumana came, and they were trying to relocate the trash dump community to another location because they had to close down the trash dump, and guess what? This trash dump is still not closed. It is still there. Uh, it's been illegal since 2014 um, to have open trash dumps. Uh, so they built a pit, and now they call it a landfill, even though... <laughs> They still dump it the same place, and then what they do is they do is the people go through the trash like they always have, and then they sort of like kick it over into the landfill when they're done. I don't even know how they're trying to convince themselves that this is legal, but it's not, and the community is still there. So, um, they tried to relocate them. They built them forty-two really nice houses in another part of town called the Matadoru because it was the old place where they used to kill the cows. That's called the Matadoru, and um, they ended up the the government never helped the community actually move or even like talk to them about it. So, like all of this is nuts, and I have all these like posts that I wrote and stuff that I wrote and um but anyways a bunch of them came like 30 families came from the trash dump in the dead of night and just inhabited these houses because the government was slowly giving them out to just like random people and they tried to make it work but actually the majority of the people went back because if you don't actually have support to move it's really hard to move um, cause they were like, at least, yeah, we might have been, been in a house made out of trash, but at least we had a community and a system that we knew that worked. Whereas we had this house, but we were in the middle of a place where we had no help. We had no job. They were walking, you know, three, four, five, I don't know how many miles, uh, to go back to the trash dump cause they were still working at the trash dump. Um, and trying to live in this house. So anyways, after that weird time they most of them moved back to the trash dump and working there and then ppc started working with them i think it was 2016 or 17 um and how cool was that and then casa dos sonhos they rented a house in the community they redid it they used that as like a community center and it's been three years now and that's just so exciting and I love it and how beautiful it is to be a witness to that. And that is truly one of the joys of looking back. I've often said that these podcasts are therapy and I totally agree with this. (laughs) Um, It's been so cool to go back to 2005, 2006 and see these beginning times in the, um, the ministry there in Brazil and 2005, when I lived in Timbaumba, was really the first time I saw and was a part of the ground floor of church planting. And that was in Timbaumba. And I lived with the pastor and his wife and their two children. Lovely, lovely family. And I just saw them do the day in, day out work of starting a family, which is what church planting is. And they basically adopted especially these five boys, Danielle, Massinho, Raul, Luzinho, and Diego. And they 
we like we they would just come over at the weirdest times i'd be in my pajamas and they'd come over and evie the wife she would yell down nothing bong because we lived uh above uh did we live above a bakery we lived on above something and or above a store above a bakery above something and she would yell out we don't have any bread which was basically like go away we're not giving you food And that was obviously didn't deter them and everybody knew that she was joking, but they would just tramp up the stairs and come in at any time during the day. And uh, we would just do all kinds of activities. We did pizza making contests. We played soccer all the time, just like all the lots and lots of soccer. And um, I watched these five boys who were teenagers. They were probably like ages 14 to 17 during this time. I saw them get saved, fall in love with Jesus, um, and really change the trajectory of their whole lives. And three of these five guys are now in full-time ministry. And it is so cool. They're the next generation. And I got to see it from the very beginning. I got to see these boys grow up, get married, um, get training, uh, go do very different things. One is like at Word of Life um, in Brazil, doing different stuff. I believe they're adopting their first child. One is in Piauí, uh, leading a ministry up there. Uh, Actually, with that original pastor, that was there, uh, married. They just had their first son and, uh, a different one working with athletes in action in Hasifi. He's still connected and does a lot of stuff with us, um, with living stones as well. And it's just so cool. He's married and has a kid. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Anytime we get together and laugh at my attempts to teach them English and their attempts to teach me how to play soccer, (laughs) (laughs) neither one of us succeeded very well but it was just a really great time and I see these guys and their families being pillars in our community and it's so cool so I feel like it's so interesting because with my kids that are three and six I'm still in the little stage with with children but I'm in the adult stage. Uh, This year, it will be 18 years of ministry um, since I first went to Brazil in 2004. So, like, I I was doing different kinds of ministry before that, but specifically with Brazil. I think there's something interesting about being with the same group of people for 18 years. It, it is like you're an adult and it's like I'm going to the graduation ceremonies now. Like everybody's graduating and I'm so excited and it's all these different celebrations and dabbing your tears because you're nostalgic and it's bittersweet and all the emotions, <laughs> all the emotions for sure. It's just really cool to be a part of something bigger than yourself, to be able to see it grow up and do great things and and sometimes even to sort of outgrow you right right isn't it every parent's dream to see their kids be able to do more and greater things than they did to be the catalyst that pushed them further like isn't that the point you know giving our kids roots and wings um but yeah I mean yeah sometimes it's still hard it's hard to be like oh my gosh why are they succeeding without me (laughs) don't they still need me? They don't need me anymore. Oh, and, and, and 
that's such a great thing, but it's such a hard thing to be like, oh my goodness, they're doing okay without me. They're actually doing better than okay without me. And that's so awesome and so sad. Was I even needed in the first place? And it can take you down a big rabbit trail that really isn't worth going down. Like, will my parents ever not be important just because I don't need them the same way as when I was a child? No, obviously not. One last story. This is the story of the great, great, great granddaughter. (laughs) Three greats. Great, great, great granddaughter. So it all started once upon a time. Once upon a time, there was a church, a community church of Greenwood. And when I was little, can't remember how old because I don't remember it. I was like three (laughs) or something. My family started going to Community Church of Greenwood here in Indianapolis. And after they had been attending for a couple months, my, they announced that they were planting a daughter church and a new church called Community Church of Southport. And it would be located closer to where our home was. And my family joined the call of people who would go and help start this new baby church. And so the daughter church was called uh, Community Church of Southport, but we're actually not going to talk about that because Community Church of Greenwood actually planted many churches in Indianapolis until we have lots of different community churches. Um, A different one of the churches that was planted along with Community Church of Southport was Brookville Road Community Church. And in 1999, Community Church of Southport, the church that I grew up in, and Community Church, Brookville Road Community Church, and Franklin Community Church, a different one planted. Those three daughter churches went down to Brazil for a short-term mission trip, and that begins a whole story of Rachel in Brazil that I will not be telling you, (laughs) because right now we're focusing on Brookville Road Community Church. So Brookville Road Community Church uh, was led by Pastor Hubert Nolan, and he and I think six or seven other people, including Steve Turner, uh, got to know Telly Marais, this guy who grew up in rural Brazil and had come to Indiana for uh, some training and internships with Word of Life. He was working with Word of Life in Brazil, and he came to Indiana to um, further that training. And he got to know all of the community churches, but especially was close with Brookville Road Community Church. So this group of people came to Brazil with te- to visit Telly and to see what was going on in rural northeast Brazil with Word of Life. And while they were there in a town called Carbina, um, which was where Artelli was living, they felt called to buy a piece of land for the first church in Brazil, uh, Community Church of Carbina. And so they bought this land and Castelli had started like a house church kind of thing. There's a whole big story there still. I'm just skipping over so many details. But anyways, so Brookville Road plants Community Church of Carpina. And so this is the their daughter church and this is Greenwood's granddaughter church. So the story continues, obviously, uh, by... 1998, 
uh, Pastor Asuario, who began the Livingstones program in 1998, uh, planted a church from Carpina. They planted a daughter church that was called Community Church of Podalio because it was located in the town of Podalio. So people are not <laughs> in Brazil. We haven't been super creative with naming churches. It's just sort of the town that they're in, which is great. Like it's that's fantastic. Um, and so Community Church of Podalio. They are the daughter church of Carpina, the granddaughter church of Brookfair Road, and the great granddaughter church of Greenwood. And this is where Living Stone started. This is the church that I attended for many, many years. This was my home church until 2011 um, in Brazil. And I absolutely loved it. I have great relationships there. It was so cool to see this church grow. They actually just celebrated their 24th anniversary. Ah, it's like, oh, pitter patter my heart. Um, so that's really cool and super excited for them and all of those stories, but the story doesn't stop. So at Paul Dalio, um, one of the guys who helped out at Living Stones when he was just 16 was this guy named Flavio. Flavio worked as a pharmacist for many years, did lots of different things, and then God called him um, to from Community Church of Paul Dalio to start a church through Living Stones in Cajuero Claro. Now, Cajuero Claro is actually a friend's church. Um, uh, Flavio was supported at as a friend's pastor, uh, but he grew up at Community Church of Paul Dalio, so and they have been, um, I would say, like a connecting church as a, as a mother church to be able to help them um, and in support, and that's been a really cool thing to see how that has grown in that support. So, Casual Claro, which I am sure most of you who have known me will hear many stories of the Little Yellow Church, and it's a really really great place (laughs) and I love it and that has been my home church in Brazil since 2011 when Flavio and I we would walk there every morning during the week and we would do living stones with the kids and we walk back because we did not have any transportation I mean I could have paid to ride on the back of a motorcycle in but Flavio didn't have enough and I was like well I'm not gonna make him walk alone that's like ridiculous uh so we walked both ways uh four kilometers in four kilometers out every day got buses and it was a whole thing and it was so such a special such a special phase in both of our lives um that did not last forever and Flavio ended up getting a car and uh lots of things changed he ended up getting married that's really great 20 in 2012 anyways long story short Casual World Claro is the great-great-granddaughter of Community Church of Greenwood. And this connection continues, and it's been awesome. Um, so Flavio was at Casual World Claro for, for nine years, and then was called to go to Boa Esperanza. And Boa Esperanza is about seven hours inland, or and up okay. in and up <laughs> uh it's super feels like the middle of nowhere you actually pass a place that's called the middle of nowhere plaza 
<laughs> like we stopped and got pictures. Um, it definitely feels like the middle of nowhere. It's uh, so small. It's like there's a big city two hours away from Boas Bananza. And then there's like a little bitty town that's like half an hour from Boas Bananza. And then there's Boas Bananza, which is like in the middle of nowhere, a thousand people. But there's just a lot of little towns, not even towns, outside of towns, areas like this that just don't have any Bible-believing church. Like, it's basically just Catholic or um, mostly just Catholic churches that are in these places. And so this Baptist church five hours away in Karuaru had planted this church randomly from some different people that they had known, but they just could not find a pastor. And so Flavio was like, totally felt the call to go. And it was definitely time. And it has been so incredible to see this happen. So 2000, <laughs> before the pandemic, the beginning of 2020, Flavio moved into the middle of nowhere with Messia, you know, seven hours away from their family. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a long way. It's a long way. We went, I went and visited them last year and (laughs) my legs were so swollen after sitting in the car for, well, it took us nine hours and we stopped for one hour. So I don't know who actually makes it there in seven hours because it definitely took us at least eight hours um, and well, nine hours and we stopped for an hour to eat lunch. <laughs> one stop. So um, Boa Esperanza is the great, 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 three greats granddaughter of Community Church of Greenwood. It's the great, great, great daughter of Brickfield Road Community Church. It's the great granddaughter of Carpina and it's the granddaughter of Paldalio and it's the daughter church of Casual and Claro. And here's the final thing that's so cool. Last year, Casual Claro, I went with Casual Claro to Boa Esperanza for our first short-term missions trip there to our daughter church. And it was so it was so fantastic. It was so fantastic because it was my favorite part in the world to see Flavio receive us and work with us in the same way that I had over the years that Casual Claro brought all of the Americans to Casual Claro who had come to do missions trips to Casual Claro to see him do the same things with us in Boa Esperanza and it was just a really beautiful thing and uh, Casual Claro just posted pictures this year in August of their second annual short-term missions trip to Boa Esperanza to support their daughter church and um, like it's sort of like when I was young at Community Church of Southport we went down every summer to Appalachia where we had connections. Our pastor had grown up there and had different connections with the local people. And we just got to know them and uh, did a VBS and, and had fun. And it was really, really cool to be able to do that in my own country. And really, that's, I feel like, where my roots were and my understanding of going somewhere um, before I went international uh, and serving as a, as a mission as a missionary, I understood, you know, that it's also about doing things locally. It's doing things in your own country as well. I feel, 
I don't know. I feel so off when I hear people talk about why would you go across the sea when there's so many people right here? And I'm like, it's not an either or, it's and. And I feel like so many things are answered by and. It's like, it's it's not this or this, it's and. Or maybe it's not a, uh, um, uh, this is true or this is true, but it's this is true and this is true. Yes, and, you know. <laughs> so what do you think? What about you? What are the joys of looking back? Um, have you been in ministry in one place or even at a job in one place or a parent? <laughs> Hopefully with the same children. <laughs> have you been a parent for a long time, uh, you know, around 18 years to get to that adult stage, that letting go stage, the looking back with so many emotions, so happy, so celebrating and so tears <laughs> uh, of just like, wow. And it's really cool to talk about the past, to have that nostalgia. It's really cool as well to let go. Um, and I think that there always is an important separating time for parents and for people in ministry. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to leave. Like for us, we ended up having to physically leave, but now I'm representing Brazil and the U.S. Um, so it's just morphed. Uh, yeah, and I don't think you ever leave. Like that's why I'm doing this podcast, right? It's like... <laughs> Do you ever stop being a missionary even though you're back in your own town? I don't think so. Like it you're it's it's still a part of you. Obviously, I you never stop being a parent. But what it looks like definitely has to change. I think uh in John Eldridge Wild at Heart or I don't know if it was that one. One of his books it talks about not just going to the hero stage. It's really important, you know, not to be in the victim stage or just the apathetic stage, but to move on to being the hero of your story. But you don't stay as the hero. You move on. He calls it to being the sage or the guide. You could call it the Yoda to Luke Skywalker, um, where you say, I'm not, you step away from the spotlight. You pass it on. And you move on to the role of guide um, to those who are on the front lines doing that work, to your kids, to, I don't know, whatever it is in, in, the, in that situation. How have you found this transition to be? Um, have you found joy in it? Have you found a lot of sadness in it? Have you looked back and seen all the things you should have done differently <laughs> and the regrets Or are you able to look back at it and say it was what it was and here's some good stuff and here's some bad stuff? Do you look at it with only rose-colored glasses? You know, let's, I want to go back to where it was great. Um, Well, was it so great, really? (laughs) All of it? Probably not. Um, And that's okay because it's life and it's all a mixed bag always a mixed bag. So anyways, interested in your thoughts as always. not that I have set, set up a way for you to like actually talk to me. And I think my last episode got 10 views, but hey, that's okay. I think, I think I'm asking these questions right now basically to make us all think 
And if we end up having a conversation about it, that would be awesome. If not, hey, we're all busy. A lot of stuff is happening. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's okay to let that go too. Anyways, hope you have a great day. So in closing, those are some musings from someone who is very much involved in this American life, but just really wants to talk about that missionary life, stories and hindsights. Thank you.